Welcome to Justice Losers, the podcast where we discuss hows and whys of entertainment media, namely movies, TVs, and comics. I got it back for you, bud. In the hot seat today, <laughs> I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Bat Matt. Matt, what should people do? The things. <laughs> <laughs> what a disaster. This- oh, I- my keys are in the frame. Uh, my drink's in the frame. I'm sorry, I panicked. This uh, is just a disaster. You should, you should subscribe and follow and leave a comment. And, you know, every medium has its own way of interacting with it. You can like the thing. You can retweet the thing. You can somehow last week was our philosophical one don't don't start getting like everything has its own place and like way everything is in its box and in the box (laughs) there's an object and you can touch it but you can't look at it (laughs) all right schrodinger uh (laughs) relevant is it to one of my what you've been up to's oh very tangentially interesting okay (laughs) i'm interested to hear that uh cool then what you've been up to uh i want to hear this one specifically this one specifically is the girl with all the gifts the girl with all the gifts what's that about it's a zombie movie uh oh which for reasons i mean research reasons we're we're announcing all of the next four episodes happy halloween y'all actually if you're watching you looked at the camera if you're looking it's like a week and a half after the first episode of the podcast true (laughs) so it's actually closer to real halloween Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, so I watched that. It's a zombie movie um, from 2016. Kind of indie spirited, um, but it's got some some real real people in it. Um, yeah. Jim Atherton, Glenn Close. Um, don't know who the main girl is. She's the, the main character is a kid. Um, and I feel like it's not a spoiler because um, it's all revealed pretty early in the setup. Uh, the main character is a zombie, um, or at least she has like the zombie infection. It's a fungal infection okay. in this one. Um, oh, but... I can't wait till the next week's episode because mm-hmm. I can't wait. I love the, 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 like that tiny, that, that little bit where every version of zombies changes what it actually, what the actual thing is. Yeah. There's, there's the death. There's the, there's the, um, there's the, the fungal, there's the, just the virus, there's the, like, all yep. these things that I can't wait to hear. What yeah, there's, there's going to be some good stuff there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the girl is a zombie. It's not, like, actual full-on zombieitis. Like, she's basically normal, but when she gets hungry or when she's exposed to um, living flesh, she mm-hmm. turns into a zombie, basically. Her jaw kind of unhinges. There's a really creepy, like, sound design thing where it's like, click, click. Oh. And then, like... the the horror is really well done in it cool um it's occasionally very horrifying um but otherwise she basically acts like a a normal um bright precocious 12 year old girl yeah um and zombie stuff happens but um can't wait for next (laughs) week to hear what zombie stuff entails (laughs) yeah i don't want to get into it too much um just it might come back next week but um Schrodinger's cat is important because so she's kind of imprisoned in this facility with several other kids that have the same condition basically mm-hmm. and they're they're being researched. Um and Glenn Close is kind of the the doctor. She's going around um looking at the kids and yeah. like um doing research on them. And she it, she poses uh thought experiments to the the girl um to the main Melanie is her name. Uh 
just to test her intelligence. Um, basically, her whole question is she's trying to figure out, okay, is this a um, actual human with an infection or is it a zombie that can mimic human behavior, basically? Yeah. And so she's trying to test like her problem-solving skills and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so she asks her the Schrodinger's cat one, uh, and it eventually comes back uh, and kind of ties everything together thematically. Mm. It's a it's a solid movie overall, but it does a really good job of planting and payoff both like, hey, here's these matches that those are going to come back later for something. Mm. Um, and also, hey, here's this Schrodinger's cat idea, thought experiment, that that's going to come back later. So you're starting to catch on to my like my ability to go oh, That's coming back. I mean, I've always had that. But You've always had like, it, but there's been definitely been times where like you've missed things. Oh that, yeah, yeah. Like it, the... it depends on how, how much I want my brain on. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and this yeah. is this is a brain on kind of movie. Okay, it is a lot of just zombie gore. Yeah, well done zombie gore. But um, there's it's got themes, man. Themes, capital T themes. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of the other other Chibanoff dude I what. jesus christ and you're on a roll today Uh, i really am uh so the other thing i that you've been up to that i'd forgotten about um hannah and i got back into our mission impossible watching hey we watched one and she liked one we watched two and she was not very impressed with two and then her work got very busy because in my research of finding laughably bad movies apparently two is a one of the things that is that's common in those lists Huh. Yeah. I mean, I maintain it's a perfectly solid movie, but it's a real weak point in that franchise. Oh, for sure. Um, but we watched three and three is pretty great. Yeah. It's um the reason I bring it up is because it's also very good at the planting and payoff. Just every five minutes. Okay. Here's a shut the hell up. <laughs> I know. Mine just my phone just buzzed. Um. No, just every five minutes, it's like, oh, look, here he is lip reading in this random party scene in the in the start. I bet that comes back. Yeah. Just little things like that. Um, and it's it's done in such a way that, like, you know what's coming, but you're excited to see how it plays back into it. So Hannah was catching on to everything, um, mm-hmm. despite having had a fair amount of alcohol and being a less experienced <laughs> movie watcher. But, yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's just uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's great. Really, he's like... <sighs> He's the only memorable villain, I'd say, from the entire franchise. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah, just like full on shark eyes sociopath. It's great. <laughs> yeah. It's really good. Yeah. Um, Ethan Hunt, they kind of, they figure out who the Ethan Hunt character is going to be. Because mm-hmm. in the first two movies, they're kind of trying to settle on what what he's going to be. Yeah. Is, is he, he going to be, be like a cool, relaxed guy? Is he going to be like a super cool 90s leather jacket guy? <laughs> Slash hard no <laughs> super cool leather jacket 90s james bond basically mm-hmm. that rewatching mission impossible 2 recently it is very much just like a you could change the names and the accents and it would be a, a pearson Brosnan and james yeah. bond movie exactly yeah um but yeah watch that it's pretty good cool excited for four five and six yeah the good ones the great and, ones wait I always forget that Fallout is six. I feel like Fallout seven. Why? I don't know. Is there another franchise that just hit seven? Like a, the one that like the new one came out and it's the seventh one. 
I just keep thinking Fallout 7. It's it's wrong, and I'm disappointed in you. Thank you. I know. For pointing out the obvious. Move on! Move on! <laughs> uh, I also read Batman Ego. Ah, yes. You've yes. been talking about having that one. Yeah. I, You're I talking about having that one, not having read right, it yet. Right. I had obtained it, and then I had some other stuff I was going to read first, but I have sat down and read it. Yeah. So... It's basically actually just one long issue. Oh, okay. um, the the volume has a couple of other collected stories I'm still reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the same guy, Darwin Cook is the writer. Darwin Cook. Wow, I'm unfamiliar with him. Yeah, he's... Uh, people who've heard of him say, oh yeah, Darwin Cook, he's really good. But I, he hasn't done very much, I think. Um, well, he's certainly not a basketball coach. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving Darwin on. Darwin Cook... Uh, comics uh, <laughs> something like that oh um, darwin with a y that's why that explains it yes um yeah oh he did new frontier oh yeah uh okay. dc new frontier is like a it's kind of like the uh almost like an elseworld mm-hmm. maybe it is considered an elseworld but uh it takes kind of all the characters like the justice league uh coming together in mm-hmm. different ways okay um cool yeah, and the art style is really unique for that one. Who did the art on it? Uh oh god. Uh, this back is... to home. Hmm. Art uh ah, Come on. Oh Jesus Christ. Give me the style. New Frontier yeah, several influences Jack Kirby. Uh what the hell? Did he do Oh this? Cook! He did the art? Yeah. Oh, cool. Interesting. I was wondering because there's a um, uh, a Catwoman story I'm reading right now in the same volume that the art is super different and very interesting. It's almost like cartoony. Yeah, that's it's probably Cook. It's probably Cook. Yeah, because that's the New Frontier kind of thing. It's okay. Like it takes it takes elements from different stuff, mm-hmm. uh, like Bruce Tim and like what they were saying is Bruce Tim and okay. Uh, um, who's the other guy? I said Jack, Jack Kirby. Kirby. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so Batman Ego. Um, very interesting. I can definitely see how it's going to play into this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's basically Batman is out doing his Batman thing, and then something unexpected and kind of morally horrifying happens. Oh, fun. More, more morally horrifying than Batman is used to at this point in his mm-hmm. career. It's still early career for him. And he is on the brink of collapse, goes back to the Batcave after everything kind of resolves. Um, and then... The main bulk of the story is a conversation between Bruce Wayne and Batman. Ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> interesting. Okay. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like, um, it's all sort of this tortured fever dream, and the Batman manifestation is horrifying, and I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got, like, these giant rectangular teeth, mm. and just, like, a big... It's a big, dark, formless shape with the cowl just, like... Reminiscent of the big. Killer Be Killed demon? Or would you not put them in the same... I don't remember what it looks like. Oh! <laughs> you need to read Killer Be Killed again then. I do. Yeah, it's been too long. <laughs> um, yeah, and so it's it's kind of uh, Bruce Wayne and Batman coming to terms with the balance of their own duality. I was like, literally the word duality was just screaming oh, in yeah. my brain. <laughs> that's uh, the, that's the, the natural word to think of there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's um it's very much 
not a story much more of a just a like a let's step outside batman and see what makes him tick or what puts him on the edge of breaking down oh i need to read that it's uh, so bad it's very interesting get that to me that might be the first thing i read when I, once i finish dracula okay i just punched my pop filter yeah yeah um it's a pretty quick read it's one long issue basically yeah. and then there's other stuff in the volume that's also enjoyable cool which i'll discuss next week all right probably all right just anything you know, else as my watch of please nope cool Unless i think of something else oh i did think of something else <laughs> <laughs> that was so quick like that might seem like it was a cut but it was not a cut that you just immediately yep. <laughs> something else it's like when you're asking someone a question and you like in the middle of asking the question think of the answer right like hey what's the thing that you did the other day never mind <laughs> right maybe <laughs> that, that too often yep uh yeah uh hannah has been watching her evening show has been reba recently oh interesting um it's a surprisingly solid show yeah, you know, it's yeah it's kind of generic early aughts sitcom-y i guess it's early aughts yeah oh i placed it in the 90s i didn't know that was early aughts feels kind of 90s I yeah guess. i haven't watched i've seen sequence. clips of i have it, so no I've... frame of reference yeah i've, I've seen I've, I've seen clips of it and, mm-hmm. uh, and i my thought was 90s but yeah it's it's pretty good you know it's it's got like some actual messages and ideas it's tossing around i wouldn't go so far as to call them capital t themes yeah. but it it is thought about some things okay um the humor is occasionally kind of dark which is nice okay um uh what uh what broadcast was it on no idea okay if it was dark it might have been tnt or usa maybe doesn't matter not important. We don't know enough about that to make a claim or to make any intelligent commentary on uh, on it one way or another. Have we ever made intelligent commentary on anything ever? Uh, mostly DC stuff. Yeah. That's pretty much it. Yep. That's, that's all I got. Yep. Yep. And gonna be werewolves. All right. Yeah. I I'm, glanced at your notes. I was like, whoa. Dude. Plenty of the Elder. <laughs> Three. <laughs> oh, yeah. You actually like glanced at like my actual yep. notes? Yeah. No, I did my research. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I can't talk about really any of the what I went up to is because I've been watching nothing but werewolf movies. I know. I've seen the Snapchats. You're upset about it. Any you'd recommend in particular yes, before we three. get into the meat of it? Okay. Americans, uh, American Werewolf in London. Need to see it. Is a Is a comedy, and it does a really good job of balancing between the comedy and the horror and like, mm-hmm. and like it, it knows when to not be funny and to let it sink in. It's so that one's like the main character is the guy that turns into a werewolf. Right. Not all of the sh- all the movies do that. Um, that is the bulk of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but that one does basically, he does a really good, uh, the, the movie does a really good job of basically like he's this American in London and they're like, Oh, like there's a thing that tells him that he's a werewolf. And he's like, stupid <laughs> that's so dumb werewolves don't exist and then he wakes up naked after a full moon in a uh in a zoo among wolves and then there's just this funny little bit ensuing of him being naked in the zoo but like it takes the time it's the funny bit for him to recover from that and then it basically takes a nosedive in not in quality but in mm-hmm. like in in 
tone tone yeah and that's like the right time for it to like oh it's like we're kind of past mm-hmm. the 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 quirky bit like holy shit i'm a werewolf mm-hmm. and no that one's uh that one i genuinely enjoyed that one's well regarded um uh i'm drawing a blank on one of them the other one is ginger snaps ginger snaps have you heard of that one i feel like i've heard the name at some point but that one is really unique okay and I don't want to talk about it okay. in, in any more sense than that. It's okay. It's really unique. It's good. And it is, uh, it, it makes you feel dread, which, you know, is one of my, that's one of my ticks. Like mm-hmm. it, it, it's a good just one. this, uh, uncomfortable feeling and it does a really good job of playing two characters in such a way. And then, playing that relationship against the viewer. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's I pull up my notes, I can find the other one. that It's on my watch list, so I must have heard of it. Uh, Wolf with uh, Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah. I've that's a good one. That's okay. a, that's, uh, that one has some very funny moments. It's not a, qual- it's not a comedy, mm-hmm. but it's got some very quality like <laughs> <laughs> bits. Um, that's Jack Nicholson. Uh, Jack Nicholson and uh, Kevin Spacey. No, not Kevin Spacey. James Spader. I always get the spay part. Right. Combined. James Spader. Young James Spader. Right. This does was... not look like James Spader. <laughs> yeah. This would have been um, John Hughes era. Yeah. James Spader. He's occasionally the douchey pseudo villain in those. Yep. And this one, he's the uh, the douchey pseudo villain, but with like a psycho twinge. Oh, yeah. Good. That that sounds very James Spader. I like it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, yeah. It's a stacked cast uh for cats 94. and dogs cats and dogs yeah what cats and dogs cats and dogs what do you mean oh because Catwoman. right and yeah <laughs> i tried <laughs> no i'm meh at that Catwoman. i'm not a huge fan of that Catwoman. No, fair um mostly because it bred the 2004 Catwoman. yeah <laughs> but no it's a, it's a good movie those are the three that i'd recommend um right. dog soldiers is good but you wouldn't recommend it if I had to choose three, it would be th- th- that would be the fourth one. Okay. Um, I'm really personally attached to Dog Soldiers. It's, it's a good one, uh, and it's also fun because the one of the main characters is the guy who plays Alfred in Gotham. Oh, it's the main the sergeant who. Uh, oh yeah. It's also got uh, Davos. Right, Liam Cunningham. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, the guy who's uh, who plays the sergeant is uh, Alfred in the uh, okay in the Gotham show. So that was really fun for me to like watch him yeah. swearing like a mother. <laughs> oh yeah, he is all is great. I love it. Um, but no, that that one does some interesting stuff. Uh, but it's no, you know, you know what? Yeah, I'd recommend that one too. It's just good, gory, campy, low budget. Yeah, exactly. Fun. Yeah, and like the end is not exactly what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're watching movies, when you're watching only werewolf movies. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, that's a good one. Um, other than that. A lot of pretty garbage altogether. A lot of crap. Uh, Teen Wolf is an amusing watch if you just turn your brain off. Okay. I literally my notes in Teen Wolf is just an ellipses because it <laughs> the it takes literally no themes or mm-hmm. uh like there's no fidelity to the werewolf trope. Yeah. Um, it's just the fact that this kid's a werewolf, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. Okay. And it's so eighties. <laughs> uh yeah no that's that's what i've been up to is just <laughs> that and reading dare uh not daredevil you've been reading daredevil not recently. i was reading 
Dracula right. for my were or for my vampire episode. Yes. But uh, a lot of research past yep. couple weeks. Yep. Good deal. All right. News. News. Not a whole lot. Uh, a couple, couple of big things. What big things? Uh, no Time to Die has been pushed back to Easter 2021. Oh, I didn't see that. Yeah, that was recently. That oh, was within the past okay. few hours, I think. Okay. That's uh, why I didn't see it because I was here drinking, yep. waiting for you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so... That means that, that that movie is now more than a year past its original release date, I mm. believe, which is insane. Yeah. Um, I was starting to get into New Mutants territory there. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like it's finished. Yeah. It's done. They're literally just polishing the effects at this point. Yeah. And polishing Daniel Craig's shiny, shiny abs. I don't. That, that's how post-production works, right? I don't think he has abs. Does he have abs? Have you seen Casino Royale? I mean, he had abs, but I don't think he That's has true. abs. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of the point of Skyfall, isn't it? He had abs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sad because I wanted that movie, but also Tenet has just this week struggled past $300 million at the global box office, yeah. which means it still hasn't made money yet. Yeah. So gotta do what you gotta bummer. do yeah like you had to get it out there you had to try something but no one's going to theaters and yeah. theaters in a lot of big locations are still closed it's just I'll probably yeah. this will give me a good chance to actually watch the rest of the james bond movies before we get to that episode yeah you got some catching up to do i've yeah. i've been so scattershot on those i've yeah. seen like I realize I've seen like half the Brosnan ones, but I skipped one in the middle. So I need to see the the last one, the apparently really terrible one with Halle Berry. But then I missed one from like 97 she's or something. She's in a Bond movie? Yeah. She's in a, I think it's. How old is she? It was 2003. I don't know anything about James Bond. Yeah, no, you I'm really like don't. Surprised. I know nothing. Yeah. It's been continuous nonstop stream since the 60s. I mean, I knew that. Wait, where, where was Pierce Brosnan? Oh, Late I'm thinking 90s. of Sean Connery. Yeah. Sean Connery was the old... I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. All right. Yeah. So uh, that's, uh, what's the other news? Sad. Uh, Jamie Foxx is returning as Electro for Spider-Man 3. Oh. Yeah. Did you not see that? I saw uh, um, um, Boss Logic doing stuff. No, that is happening. That's so weird. Yeah. Is this the first time we've had a character, an actor return as a character a different time under a different main actor? Technically, no. J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson. True. Yeah. Which had to be, they plant that to plant the seed and then they can get away with a lot of these crossovers. Some people are speculating this is going to be like a live action spider verse. Oh God, please. No really hope not i just want a good sequel to to spider-verse and then that is crazy are they gonna do him dirty again i don't know i like both the actor and the character (laughs) i like a version of what they did with that character i don't remember enough of it to like it it was horribly overdrawn and cartoony and just really cringy all around but there's a version of that character that works really well i think Okay. So. Oh. Here's another thing I've been up to. Hmm? Watch Twilight. You put yourself through it. Finally. 
I had to be completely stoned mm-hmm. because when I'm high, I enjoy very tiny little bits of movies. So like it makes me enjoy movies more mm-hmm. because I notice the tiny details that directors put in. There's a good movie in there somewhere. Weirdly. Like there's an interesting dynamic of the where or of the vampires mm-hmm. in the Twilight series that can be used in a better movie. Like take out the romance part of it and there's a really interesting vampire story in there somewhere. Okay. Have you seen Twilight? Yeah. I like the idea of a vampire who tries to hold himself back but uses it on terminally ill people. That's an inter- like a, a benevolent vampire mm-hmm. is a rarity. And so as I'm doing all my research that like appealed to me, I was also stoned. So I was like, listen, man, there's a story in here somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And it's stuck. It's, it is, it is not the worst movie of all time. It's yeah, it's not. It's, it's definitely like a three star movie for me. I think I put it at about a three, two, three yeah. or four. Yeah. Like, and a four for me means that I may end up watching it again at yeah. some point. See, I couldn't get around the fact that, well, aside from just all the generic obvious everyone knows about and problems with the romance, it's just a badly made movie. Oh, it's the the cuts and the acting. This is one of those movies that I was able to identify the fact that I think it was a directing thing, not an acting thing. Mm-hmm. Like, there, there's something about being able to watch movies and see a line delivered and go, isolated, in a vacuum, that line is not poorly delivered. But it's delivered as a wrong reaction to whatever else is happening. Uh-huh. And it's this, it's this like thing. I'm, it's a phenomenon I'm starting to notice. I notice it really heavily in New Mutants, right? Where it's just like, I feel like the director told the actors, like, I want you to act it like this, and the actors was like, why? <laughs> and he's like, because he's like, all right, and then delivers the line really well in that manner, mm-hmm. but it does not work, right? Therefore, it's the director's fault, right? And the reason it's a four and why I plan on watching it again is because we're going to do an episode on actors that have saved their careers. Mm-hmm. So I have to watch all these f- movies yeah. to watch Robert Pattinson. Oh, you have to watch all of them. <laughs> I have to watch all of them. I should have watched New Moon, New Moon, New Moon before this for the werewolf part, mm-hmm. but I just could not. I couldn't yeah. put myself through it again. I only ever saw Twilight, but I have read all the books. So there's that. Really? Yeah. Oh, you podcast over i don't want to associate with you (laughs) they're not they're not great all of the the issues with directing and editing and stuff like that it It still somehow makes it translate it just it translates to bad prose or i guess bad prose translates to bad direction and editing and shot composition and stuff like that it's interesting because i can see having now gotten back into reading books Mm -hmm. i'm able to see how authors write things out how they write their ideas yeah you don't have to look at the pictures anymore you have to make the pictures in your head (laughs) no but like the way that they specifically describe things is between bram stoker and um frank herbert frank herbert wow i could not i was thinking herbert something um between the two of them i'm noticing like certain trends of the way that things are written and i think that might be a just kind of a common through line with novels Mm -hmm. um Maybe you just happened to stumble on Frank Similar. Herbert's secret greatest uh, uh, inspiration. Maybe. Um, but watching Twilight, I was like, there's a couple moments. Specifically, so the one that really shouted at me is when he stands in the sunlight and that's the first twinkle. And and I'm watching and I'm going, 
I can feel exactly how she wrote this mm-hmm. because it feels like they took this scene and like took the ver like the verbatim words yeah. and applied it to screenplay. And I'm just like, if this is the way she wrote it in the book, mm-hmm. that's gotta be bad. <laughs> oh yeah, it is. <laughs> it really is. And it's just it's it's one of those things of like the. the that I that I really start to enjoy. I, I think this is getting a little bit more meta with the podcast in general, but something I like enjoy about the podcast is how I've learned how to identify that stuff mm-hmm. that putting myself through horrible medium or horrible art and objectively horrible. Art. Thank you. <laughs> There's the first reference. Go back and check out episode 150, ladies and gentlemen, uh, watching terrible art and then also experiencing and analyzing really good art mm-hmm. has helped me find those through lines that yeah. then perpetuate the ability to analyze art, yeah. both I, good and bad. I have noticed that my, my palette and my my enlightenment to go back a few more episodes i don't remember the number now we're just gonna reference every episode that's just what we are now we're self-referential uh what was i saying i don't know i got much (laughs) i got much better at watching movies after i started watching bad ones too yeah and that's that's i mean i think it's an appreciation thing almost like relatively yeah good movies just become better it's like eating a good steak you're like ah this is good and then you take a bite of a steak that's been in the trash can for four days and then you eat the same steak and you're like wow this is really good yeah um the first time hannah ever showed me bride wars which she enjoys Mm -hmm. and i really hate i think it's a really (laughs) terrible movie she apologized because i did not like it at all and i said no even though i hated that movie i got a lot out of watching it i learned what they did wrong and i understood better how to do what bram stoker's dracula we don't learn from our successes we learn from our failures I mean, that's a quote everywhere, but I just read that part today. Yeah. So. <laughs> All comes back. Yep. Cool. All right. All right. Got My computer other... is screaming. I know. I can hear it. I don't uh, know if it's picking up on the mic. It's probably picking up on the I'm mic. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's picking up on my mic. That's how oppressive <laughs> this is. Pretty loud. Let's see. Do I have any other news? Those are the... The way I put that in my notes was Electro Splooterman 3. What a what a series of words, sir. <laughs> All right. Okay. Matt. Preston. You know what a werewolf is? I have a question for you. Oh, good. Everyone always asks werewolf. No one ever asks why wolf. Tell me, Preston. Why wolf? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. I know you prepared for this episode, but I prepared that one joke. <laughs> Oh, why wolf? Why wolf? I'll tell you why. Why not wolf? Oh, it goes back to 5000 BC. And I'm not lying. balls. (laughs) (laughs) So, as I'm going to structure my two episodes, I don't know how you're going to structure your your two. I'm going to start with a history lesson. Probably trivia. I like trivia. Oh, yeah, you do. I'll start with a history lesson. I seem to like history lessons. I'm I did that with, I did that with the movie, with the movie theater one. Um, I'm going to do that with this one and the vampires one. The trivia one worked well, but I don't know if I'm going to do trivia again. We'll see. Tell us fans. Tell us on Facebook, Twitter. At I Justice looked at your Lugis camera Pod. and I should have looked at my camera. Yep. Anyway. So proto-Indo-Europeans, you know who they are? They're the people who came before the Indos the and the Europeans. People. We have no That's true. strong evidence that they're an actual race, but... They're a hypothetical race of people that we assume were the first kind of civilized 
race of Maybe humans. they were an Edenic ideal that had the perfect meta-objective space. Man, I really just want to punch you <laughs> right in your neck. <laughs> um, so, it's interesting that the history of a werewolf, of the werewolf trope, the werewolf mm-hmm. understanding of it, goes back to the very first human society hmm. of... Like the, we don't know, like I have, it's 4,000 plus BC. Like there's mm-hmm. 5,000, there's references to them all the way back to 8,000 BC. Wow. And the, the reference back then is that they, that the warrior class, so it's accepted as accepted as a hypothetical situation can be. It's accepted that it was a very heavily established caste system. Okay. Uh, and then there was a warrior class. Kind of makes sense. And the warrior class initiation would include like lycan- lycanthropy. Okay. Which, in case Gage hasn't put the definition on the screen already, is the act of changing into a wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, lycanthropy, the, the orig- origin of the name actually comes later in history. Is that how it's pronounced? I always pronounced it different in my head, but I don't think I've ever heard it said. Lycanthropy? I always it's thought it was lycanthropy. Lycanthropy? Lycanthropy? Oh, that's a good question. Okay, Google, how do you pronounce lycanthropy? I wonder if my phone's doing it. It's on mute right now, and it's got <laughs> she's got the thing going. All right, that's the first kind of idea of humans turning into wolves. Okay, so to be a warrior, you have to turn into a wolf. Pretty much, yeah. Right. Uh, or, or it was a part of the initiation was t- being turned mm-hmm. into a wolf. But the, then the next kind of established idea of of a human turning into wolf is the epic of gilgamesh you know anything about the epic of gilgamesh there's zombies in there is there not really but sort of but as probably to the extent that there's werewolves i'm sure um because the the lover uh turn the 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 idea is that gilgamesh's lover turned her past mate into a wolf Mm -hmm. so it's humans turning into a wolf right then the next step was the historian herodotus Herod- Herodotus. 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 I don't know. That's how I've heard it. I feel like the O. I feel like Greeks always had a long O. Probably. Herodotus. I don't know. That person. Uh, in 425 BC in his book, Histories. I have a copy on my Kindle. I haven't read it. Do you really? Yeah. Oh, that's an it. You should. I kind of want to read that because i wanted to read I think uh, you can get it for free on amazon yeah, oh yeah uh like because i uh i have uh flavius josephus's uh antiquities of the jews huh. um from joe our pastor right uh so he talks about in history uh herodotus talks about in histories the nanuri which are in the book a uh nomadic magical men Mm-hmm. that in real life existed mm-hmm. but were not probably magic men probably but they were nomadic people that actually came from russia and in oh. the times russia's really cold the Varish. and would Watch often wear like. wolf pelts to be warm ah, duh. so Volk. he stop this <laughs> so he would he would take that like that kind of established people saw these people and was like ah yes they're wolves Right. Or something. Mm-hmm. And then Plato, in 380 BC, Tertus told his story of the protector turned tyrant. Okay. Now, this is the really big kind of first push into the werewolf history. 
And so this is set in Arcadia, and this is the Lycian Zoo story. Mm-hmm. And for people who don't know what the Lycian, Lycian Zoo story is, I didn't before, so I'm going to explain it. Neither do I. Explain, please. Basically, Cl- King Lycaon? 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 Probably Lycaon. Lycaon? L-Y-C-A-O-N, which is where the lycanthrope comes from. Mm-hmm. Lycaon was like, I bet Zeus isn't omniscient. So I'm going to trick this bastard. Oh, snap. I'm going to no, kill no, my own didn't. son, and then I'm going to feed him the Zeus. The rat cook from Game of Thrones. The rat cook? Oh, okay. Yeah. Sort of. Well, no, he killed his own son. Slightly and didn't different. feed Zeus. Yeah. So close enough. Okay. But he would, he, he killed his own son and then fed his... Either, depending on the on where you where you see, either his son, his son is an entirety it cooked up, mm-hmm. or his entrails to Zeus. Mm-hmm. That comes back. Right. And Zeus was like, oh, hell no. And turn him into a wolf. All right. And that's the that's like that thing. And this this was this was basically like Zeus was pissed, so he turned him into a wolf. Mm-hmm. And then uh Hygienia Hygienus? 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 Man, these names I don't understand. Hygiene us. And the poet Ovid <laughs> <laughs> both elaborated on that story. So okay. Hygienus basically just told a similar story in his in Fabuli. Mm-hmm. Um and he changed it a little bit, but it, it mostly stayed the same. But Ovid in Metamorphoses was the one who kind of really changed mm-hmm. the story to give us the first semblance of a theme in Werewolfery. Okay. Where the previous two tellings of the story was, oh, I'm pissed off, so wolf. Mm-hmm. In Ovid's story, it was, oh, you fed me your son. You are a beast. Therefore, I will turn you into one. Okay. And it's this first kind of big moment of like, man and beast are one. And that's kind mm-hmm. of where that, the, the theme is very prevalent through the rest of history. Oh, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get into that. Um, so that's kind of that big first thing. And then, and, and that's, that's all in fiction. And then the Lycian festival is a thing where they would celebrate as festivals do that whole, mm-hmm. the history, not the story specifically, but the history. Go gather of in tents in the desert, do a lot of drugs and charge 20 bucks for a bottle of water as festivals do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, have was... to, I have to make snarky inserts. So this is going to get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what they would do in this Lycian festival is they would eat the entrails of a young man and turn into a wolf. And the goal is, if you, if you can refrain from eating human flesh as a wolf from nine years, you can rest- be restored back into human form. But if you eat human flesh, you're stayed permanently as a wolf. But why you'd want to do this is because you would get stronger abilities of a wolf. Mm-hmm. And there's a famous uh, uh, Olympian. Oh, please tell me I have this written down. I don't know his name, but there's a famous Olympian. I didn't write it down. Hercules. That is, uh, that is not, it's an actual person. It's an actual person who's been, who is in history to have won, uh, the Olympics. Michael Phelps. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Who is said to have undergone this, uh, this transformation and succeeded. Okay. And 
the reason they think Lycian festivals are, are real are because at the Lycian temple, mm-hmm. there is actually archaeological evidence that cannibalism happened. Okay. So people did this. Is it weird I'm getting a little snacky right now? <laughs> too much into your zombies, dude. Um, so the next thing is in the first century with a philosopher, Pliny the Elder. Ah, that's the guy I saw in the notes. That's the guy you saw. And he adds to the nine years with, uh, I think he just, I guess, told the story. Oh, he told a story. He had a story about uh, nine years where mm-hmm. a man would hang his clothes from a tree and go out and turn into a wolf okay. like people would do that they would go out and they would turn into the wolves uh and they would be well, they would be chosen to do that i'm like reading my notes that i haven't read in a couple in like a week right as i'm talking so they would be chosen to go put then they would go put their clothes on the tree and then go out into the forest become a wolf and refrain from okay. for nine years but they wouldn't have to eat human entrails to do so darn it and i, love, I do love a good intestine this adds a uh, an element that exists early on in, in modern fiction of removing clothes. Um, there is no, I didn't say, I didn't say the name of Barry Allen. Stop it. You have an undershirt, which is good. Uh, <laughs> then the poet vigil in his eclogues added an element or told a story of someone who would use herbs to turn into a wolf, which then comes back into a very early okay. movie. So it's it's choice at this point. Though. It's it's become choice at this point that you want to become a wolf to gain their abilities. Okay. Then the author Petronius in Satyricon. Expecto Petronius. Right. In 60 AD. So we're now in the 80s. Yes. After Jesus. He has a story of a man who found another man intentionally turning himself into a werewolf or into a wolf by taking his clothes off and peeing in a circle around his clothes. Weird story. I didn't read it. But when I read the synopsis, I was like, nah, I'm going to pass. Fair enough. But I'm going to put that in my notes. Then then it becomes less of these kind of like instances and more of just this overarching existence of men turning into wolves Mm -hmm. in medieval Europe. In my notes, I say medieval Europe just kind of figured they were around at this point. Okay. They're like, yep. There's werewolves. That's why all these, like, like our game werewolf is mm-hmm. set in, like, medieval village time. Right. Um, uh, Gervais of Tilbury, uh, Gerald of Walsh, and Conrad of Hearsau all told stories that kind of, like, fed into the cultural uh, acceptance of the fact that werewolves existed. Mm-hmm. And then the church got involved. Oh, boy. I bet they did. St. <laughs> <laughs> Augustine is a is a man it was a i don't know i guess he was just an important church figure he was a saint he is a theologian theologian uh who wrote a whole bunch of novels or essays and stuff Mm -hmm. one of which being city of god and then he also participated in creating the canon episcopy okay which is basically the church's stance on magic and here's a line that i want to I'm going to read from the Canon Episcopi. Obviously translated. I'm not about to read Latin. A can wasn't gonna. Darn it. Whoever therefore believes that anything can be made or that any creature can be changed to better or worse or transformed into another species or likeness, except by God himself who made everything and through whom all things were made is beyond a doubt an infidel. Ah. That's a fun little, 
little thing for yeah. like people trying to change themselves. And, and the church understood that basically witchcraft was used to change people into wolves. Mm-hmm. Um, they really hated werewolves. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff of like kind of religious things specifically targeting werewolves. Um, Read Maisie Williams' character in New Mutants. Yes. Which was not done perfectly, but it could have been improved. Which I'm going to tell you about after. Like, I have an idea about our booze and booze mm-hmm. things I'm going to tell you about. Um, in the 11th century, Marie de France wrote Bisclavret. 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 Keep going. You'll get it. <laughs> Biscuit. <laughs> Yes. Wrote the book Biscuit. <laughs> and where the titular character, Bisclavet, turned into a bull for three days every single week. Okay. Clothing needed to be returned, or needed to be, uh, clothing was needed to be returned into human form. Master has given Dobby a sock. Dobby no longer craves human flesh. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, so, the this... This played into uh, Plenty of the Elders' uh, elements of clothing removal mm-hmm. and also refraining from eating human flesh. Okay. The Bisclavret would Bisclavret would ter- would refrain as much as they could from, I think it's a female, refrain as much as he could mm-hmm. from actually eating human flesh. Okay. Then werewolves kind of started becoming, like, started to kind of fade from the, the, the cultural mind. Well, yeah, the church wiped them all out. Because the church was on a witch hunt. Right. For werewolves. Right. And they killed all the werewolves. They killed all the werewolves. The people that they were like, this person's a werewolf, so we're gonna burn them at the stake. Yep. We knew it. They were a werewolf because they burned. Yep. Gotta love the church. Uh, so that's kind of the, just this whole element of just people turning into werewolves. Mm-hmm. There was not an element of in European from the Proto-European through Greek to standard European history, an element of people being turned into werewolves by other werewolves. Mm-hmm. The Slavic werewolves did that. Ah, they combined. They combined where uh, vampire and remnant, uh, revenant revenant themes into okay. werewolves. Um, in the fifteen through the fifteen hundreds through the seventeen hundreds, there were a whole bunch of French werewolf witch trials. Mm-hmm. Burned a whole bunch of people. They were the primary, the ones who were afraid of it, mostly because of Marie de France. Mm-hmm. And then, like people outside of the Holy Roman Empire, just stopped giving a shit. Like it was like it was this element of the church was trying to wipe them out, and it kind of kept the kept it in the mind, but also kind of removed it. Mm-hmm. But like it was, it's this weird element of people didn't care but they knew about it Mm -hmm. but then people outside of the holy Roman empire were just like what what's a werewolf where's a werewolf where's what wolf so as outside of the holy Roman empire werewolves started disappearing things needed to fill the void which were where tigers, where hyenas, where pumas, where jaguars, and where leopards. One of which survived to Hellboy. There's a were jaguar. Ben oh. Damio. The um uh uh oh, I'm blanking on his name. This is embarrassing. Uh, Daniel Day Kim's character. Is he in the movie? Yeah. The first the first movie or the bad movie? The bad movie. Is he in the comic? Yeah. Where? I think he's different. Oh, okay. 
Peter Stump. 15... Steeter Pump. 1589. Was the werewolf of Bedburg. Sounds like a good title. He was a cannibalistic serial killer Mm -hmm. that brought the attention to werewolves. Okay. I'm realizing that the timelines aren't exactly lining up, but research is really tough when you don't have a whole bunch of time to do it. Yep. So I'm just going to ignore it. Don't call me out. Uh, then Dracula happened in 1896, 95, 1895. I think you're the one that's been reading it. You tell me it's 1890s. I know it's like right cool. up, right around there. Uh, because Dracula can turn into a wolf <sighs> and that added into that. Mm-hmm. Then in 1860, well, oh wow. That's in back order. So 1865 for, for Dracula. Man, having all of these notes is really tough to tell a full history. It's yep. also a lot of history. Don't at me. Don't yeah. come at me at the comments. You could literally write a book on this stuff. Like this, there's just so much. There probably are literal books on this. There stuff. are. Which, in 1865. <laughs> uh, Sabine Gold wrote a book called The Book of Werewolves, where they introduced silver into the aspect. It was... Okay. Uh, the... Initial writing of it didn't actually include any re- uh, references to silver, but retellings mm-hmm. of it later in the uh, 20th century did start bringing in the silver. Okay. Um, the German book, The Folk Tales of Pomerania and Rügen. Cool. Apparently did a whole bunch for the werewolf lore, but I could not find an English version or even an English synopsis of it. Interesting. I spent an hour and a half looking. So I don't know what it added to. There's probably a whole bunch of gaps that got filled in in that book. Probably. Uh, the full moon. So now I'm getting to the point where basically it's just all the tiny little elements that added into cultural lore. Mm-hmm. Full moon was never actually brought into literature. But it was kind of just attached to the idea because of people's superstition with the full moon mm-hmm. and with werewolves. So it just kind of... Melt molded together. That was going to be my my one of my questions is like what where, why the full moon? And yeah, people were just like ah the full moon is bad ah werewolves happen. Ooh-woo. Must be the same. <laughs> uh, and then Frankenstein meets werewolf in 1941 was the first appearance of a wolf man. In- That's a lie. That is a lie. Because literally Werewolf of London in 1935 was the first appearance of a werewolf in a movie. Uh, I just have that written in there. <laughs> Moving on. Boy. Ian Woodward wrote the book on the werewolf delusion, which basically then solidified the idea of contagious werewolf. Mm-hmm. Because he was actually a... Shut up, chair. He was actually a, uh, a physician mm-hmm. who believed that people thought what was lyc- lycanthropy was rabies it seems possible you know and people get bit by wolves and they would start to have a reaction to it and people mm-hmm. would and he thought that that's what that thing was there's also a psychological condition called lycanthropy mm-hmm. that is where people think that they are wolves so furries sure <laughs> Squares are rectangle. Rectangle's not a square. <laughs> furries are lycanthropes. Lycanthropes don't have to be furries. Fair. Um, so it was a combination of those two that really just kind of like, you know, finished that off. So what I'm going to do 
Because I'm going to ask you. <gasps> oh, I've got my no. notes. I've got my notes on all of the no- all of the movies that I've watched. That is, <sighs> Werewolf of London, 1935. The Wolfman, 1941. The Curse of the Werewolf, 1961. The Howling, 1981. American Werewolf in London, 1981. Wolf in 1981. 1981 was a big year for werewolves. Apparently, Company of Wolves, 1984. Teen Wolf, 1985. Wolf, 1994. Ginger Snaps, 2000. Brotherhood of the Wolf, 2001, and Dog Soldiers, 2001. Man, you didn't even see like the the new Wolfman movie here. No, I wasn't gonna. I was going for the big ones. Like by t- by 2000, the werewolf stigma had basically been solidified, and there's no deviating from it. Mm-hmm. Uh, any deviation was just gonna be useless. Also, I had limited time. Fair. My list for vampires, by the way, is twice that. I've got a lot of movies to watch, but luckily, six of them are the tell are a sto- retelling of the the story of Dracula. Yep. So that's, you can just play them all simultaneously. Yeah, Get what see, you need. See how they line up. <laughs> um, and then there's about 15 just like interesting takes on it, which I'm excited for those ones. But, mm-hmm. Matt. Preston. I've got my idea. My strong ideas about why werewolves are so heavily in the cultural psychology of being afraid of them. Why we keep coming back to them. This is the first episode mm-hmm. of Force of Four like ex- four spectacular ex- didn't have a noun four beings or uh, uh archetypes yeah that just time and time again make it into the into the horror theme and why why those are the four mm-hmm. so having watched the, the million movies i've got a really good idea but i want to see what i could do to lead you to those conclusions okay because otherwise, it's just going to be me ranting, and there's going to be no discussion. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts? What do you think? What do you? Th- if I just asked you right now, mm-hmm. why are people why why are people scared of werewolves? They're big and they'll chew your face off. Okay. <laughs> Care to elaborate? <laughs> so, uh, I mean, one of the the I'm making so many sense. Yeah. Um. A lot, not all, but many effective horror tropes and archetypes rely on some sort of actual visceral horror. You know, um, slasher movies, it's the fear of getting murdered. Werewolf movies, it's the fear of getting eaten. Mm-hmm. Um, I go back to this comparison all the time because it explains so much about movies and my philosophy about movies. Bird Box versus Quiet Place. In Quiet Place... The fear is the monsters are going to eat you. In Bird Box, it, the fear is the monsters are going to make you look at them and see something that's either going to make you very sad or it's your actual worst fear. And then you're going to commit suicide and your eyes are going to go all weird. Unless you're crazy, in which case you're going to be on the monster's side and try to kill other people and force them to look at the monsters. Nice. Which one of those is more viscerally terrifying? <laughs> <laughs> so having an element of just pure visceral terror works. But, I mean, you can make anything viscerally terrifying. Anything can come and eat you. A house can come and eat you. They made a cartoon about that, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So why werewolves in particular? (laughs) Um, I think, well, I I think you mentioned it yourself, the dichotomy, the the beast and the man in yourself. You know, people are afraid of their own nature, the violence inherent to the human condition. You've touched on the two, on the, the duality of the horror of werewolves. Oh, I know. Because you went from, what, what what would you say is the first big 
what you started on started how- with the duality huh what do you mean so when you when you first started saying why people are afraid of werewolves mm-hmm. you had a, you had a thesis what would that couple word thesis be um werewolves are both viscerally and psychologically horrifying okay for uh reasons you, you, you talked specifically about we're gonna get into these like these okay, are all really yes. good points but i want to i want to mm-hmm. i want to make sure we get to the top like the overarching duality mm-hmm. right you talked about being gored to death that essentially distills down to the fear of of werewolves mm-hmm. of a fear of looking and seeing one mm-hmm. and you started to touch on another element of it why they're horrifying and not just scary. No, like towards the end, like right there, like when I interrupted you, mm-hmm. you started talking about the man versus beast. Right. Yeah. No, people have flawed natures. People like violence. People mm-hmm. um, have the capability of, of violence and hurting each other and being mm-hmm. terrible. And werewolf is sort of a very tangible manifestation of that. It's um, it, It's the idea that you can't control that animal dangerous nature in yourself you're nodding i'm doing good i'm saying the things so the two things that i came up with after watching all these Mm -hmm. there are two fears okay that happen simultaneously in werewolf movies okay fear of them and fear of becoming them very good let's talk about that all right (laughs) i did not mean to just copy good mythical morning don't don't sue me i like your red link (laughs) sue him sue him (laughs) Wait, I'm part of him. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, th- this is something that after watching all of these movies, I'm like, okay, every single movie seems to touch on one or both of these. Mm-hmm. Where it's it's giving it's a giving a main character who's put a put beside a werewolf, mm-hmm. where it's holy shit, I'm going to get eaten. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm afraid I'm afraid of this werewolf. Mm-hmm. Or it puts the main character as a werewolf that is going, "Oh my god, what am I going to do?" I'm going to eat people that are next to me. Specifically? Specifically. What kind of people do you think they're going to eat? What 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 is the fear of people that if they're like, if I lose control, what, what's the common fear that like, if I lose control, this is what I'm going to do? What's the first thing that comes to people people's mind? You're going to hurt someone they care about. Exactly. That is a trope through most of the early movies. Mm-hmm. Is there, there was a trope with werewolves that they would kill the ones they love the most. Mm-hmm. Specifically, some of the early moves was like, that's what werewolves are going to do. Mm-hmm. Later, it became like, oh, I'm afraid of like, they're going to be a collateral. Right. But early on, it was just like, ah, oh, if you are a werewolf, your destiny is to kill the one you're closest, you're, you love the most. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, man, bummer. <laughs> that suck. Yeah. So that, that's, that, that plays into both the fear of them and fear of becoming them because- mm-hmm. Fear of them is like if your loved one turns into a werewolf, you're like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. Right. But if you turn into a werewolf, you'd be fear of becoming them. You're like, I'm going to kill the person I love the most. Like that mm-hmm. is something you just don't want to do as a human. You fear the violent, out of control nature in yourself, and the, the that's man capability, versus the beast. It's capability to destroy people you care about. And that man versus beast in both the fear of them and fear of becoming them has a different implication. Because mm-hmm. the fear of them, the man versus the beast, is is, is two different entities. Mm-hmm. But the man of fear of becoming them, the man versus the beast, is the internal. Right, is the fear of letting that beast out. And there's a common thread through every single movie. 
every single movie every single every single movie of all time including inside out including (laughs) avengers including no uh in every single werewolf movie that i watched which is a good a good data set it's it's a solid chunk i'd say a solid chunk you've watched ones i haven't even heard of is that when the werewolf dies they always turn back into the human form Mm. which when you've seen it 15 times really starts to get you down (laughs) because it's that it's 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 the commentary on the that we are the that we are the beast that ultimately like the the werewolf is letting out the beast and when you when you let the beast die you die Mm -hmm. that that there is no removing the beast from you you can't sever it you You can't can't sever you just you you control it you uh maintain it there and and so actually you you mentioned controlling there's the movie that is the company of wolves Mm -hmm. that nope sorry not company wolves uh company wolves was company of wolves is the one that i spammed you guys with snapchats (laughs) (laughs) the the howling where oh yeah i gotta do that Seriously, this is for you. Oh, woo! Okay, moving on. <laughs> um, so, in The Howling, the main character, it, it, this one... This one instilled the fear of them systemically. Mm-hmm. Because they establish... I mean, it's a, it's a plot twist, I guess, but if you haven't seen a movie from 1981, whatever. Um, At some point, I feel like it cycles back around to like, you weren't there when this movie was a thing. You have no reason to know it's spoilers. I forgot. The point of that movie is today. that they live among us. They're in society. Mm-hmm. And the reason I mention it with you, with you mentioning control, I'm getting the hiccups. Yep. Oh, uh, you with you mentioning the control is because the whole point is that they can control it. Mm-hmm. They can do it on command. Okay. And that starts to fill into the fe- the fear of letting go right what if i choose not to exercise control exactly like there there's this um this this feeling of like what if i just killed everyone that hurt me like everyone's got that fear (laughs) yeah has that mind because we're humans and like there there is a primitive desire of survival where you kill anything that's a threat to you mm-hmm. and in these days it's society like people yeah. are societal threats to you whether that means like mm-hmm. ruining your life or stealing your girlfriend or whatever it's a societal threat to your double parking their too large pickup. double parking the yeah <laughs> um, or the irrepressible homicidal rage i always have to swallow when i have to look at your stupid stupid face exactly so people have this 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 internal instinctual and primitive desire to kill people and there's this this part of it that's just like what if i could just let that go but like oh god like that's bad i shouldn't let Mm -hmm. that go and then you get this movie that's just like what if you did let it go like the theme is like what if Mm -hmm. you did just let go you'd have a lot of sex is what that specific movie says i gotta see me this movie (laughs) (laughs) there's a lot of sex in this movie um good deal uh and it's well i mean adding to actually it adds to that it's it's this uh primitive desire of letting go and also adding in the erotic desire 
Interesting. Of, if I, I can wouldn't... let go in a brutal murder way, I can mm-hmm. also let go and just have so much sex. <laughs> so it's an all an all an ED metaphor. A what? Erectile dysfunction. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what that's what the howling is. Uh. Um. It 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 drills into the fear of like. Like the, the the feeling of being dirty, where you're like, mm-hmm. I could let go. Oh, I don't like the fact that I thought that. Right. Which is a big one. Interesting. It seems like eroticism doesn't intersect very much with the werewolf myth. Um, you, yeah, exactly. Like it's... I don't, I don't, I I think of vampires. There's oh, lots of sure. sexy vampire stuff out for there. For sure. <laughs> uh, but werewolves, no. I, I, You know, you, you think of them as, like, the actual monsters. Yeah. And it's, I think it's, like, the 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 part is that it, that, that fear of letting go, but also the appeal of letting go. And there it goes again. Um, the fear and the appeal of letting go can, trans, uh, can translate from... The fear and appeal of doing what you want to do murderously and also sexually. Because you see animals in the wild just going at it. They don't give a shit. I don't. Do you watch them? You creep. That's disturbing. I mean, if you're like walking along and you see like in a dog park, a dog's just like humping another dog. You're like, they don't care. It's true. There's there's no societal standards that you have to do it in the door in your room with the lights off and under covers mm-hmm. you do it under covers don't you get all sweaty <laughs> i wanted to like just play this like the role of just like the guy that the girlfriend doesn't ever want to see his face during sex but i just couldn't play that uh <laughs> it got really weird and we all have to wear paper bags on our yeah, head why does, why does what's this that look, all about why is this the thing um but i think it's a translation from okay. that, from from the murderous to the yeah. erotic. I mean, we've all got sort of deep down sexual impulses too, in the same way that we have violent impulses. It's just a yeah. basic human pseudo animalistic nature. It's just, it, I guess it makes sense that that would that would also manifest through werewolfism. Yeah, but a lot of times that's not the the focus. That's not the focus, but I think it's a psycho uh, I'm in- subconscious. I'm, yeah, interesting. It becomes very conscious once you've watched 15 movies straight through. Yep. And you're just like, yeah, that's, it's in this one too. Yep. So that, that we've dwelled a lot on the fear of becoming them, which mm-hmm. is my favorite one of the two, honestly. It's a, yeah. It's the cool psychological one. Because it's one that it doesn't, it doesn't translate to many of the other mediums. Right. Um, I guess it does to, uh, not mediums, uh, archetypes. I guess it does to to uh zombies but like you're not afraid of becoming a slasher murderer no i relish the prospect (laughs) (laughs) um but there's also the really important part which is the fear of them which is the the more uh, so that's the shallower one Mm -hmm. where it's a lot easier to instill the fear of them right and sorry I wanted to touch on one more thing with the cure of being or the fear of being is that there is no cure in any of these stories of being like no cure from being a werewolf silver bullet to the head. That's death. So when you know that you can't be cured, Mm -hmm. 
you know that being changed into a werewolf is a death sentence. Mm -hmm. That there is no no way back. Right. So it just it, it furthers that fear of that. That I mean it, that one also instill or translates to vampires and zombies, which we will get into. Right. But like when when you know that the thing that's incurable is just an uncontrollable mm -hmm. rage, it just adds to that. And honestly, the fear of it's uh, the because no cure. it's part of your nature. Your huh? nature is incurable. True. Wish it was. Man, I suck. Um, the no cure thing is everywhere. There mm -hmm. is not a cure. There early on in like the thirty five, thirty five, yeah, thirty five version. There was a plant that could be used mm -hmm. to stave it off, okay. but it was not a cure. And Skyrim even has that. You can become a werewolf in Skyrim, but it's a but Skyrim is a is a choice. You you join mm -hmm. a group of fighters and becoming part of their inner circle is becoming a, a werewolf, but you can't cure yourself. Okay, you can cure yourself of vampirism. Mm -hmm. but you can't cure yourself of werewolf. Okay, so if you want to get all the achievements for both of those, you got to be a werewolf first and then cure yourself, or a vampire first and cure yourself and then become a werewolf. Mm -hmm. There you go. Video game tip of the day. Uh, fear of. Fear of. We were just walking around in the city one day. And a werewolf just attacks you. That'd be pretty horrifying. You're dead. Why am I in a city? I don't like cities. They're big and smelly. Town. Why am I in a town? There's people there. Village. Why am I in a village? There's people there. Forest. Why am I in a forest? There's trees there. Plains. Why am I in a plains? There's... Werewolves there. there. <laughs> 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 it's just like airplanes just like parked. <laughs> so a thing I have here is chaos. American Werewolf in London plays to the chaos part. Mm -hmm. And the chaos element is pervasive in the fact that anytime anyone turns into a werewolf, in ones where they don't control it, mm -hmm. they black out and they don't remember it happening. Right. Which removes any sort of control. Of course. Hearkening to the uh, fear of becoming. But there's no way to reason with it. Mm -hmm. um, movies have used the, tra tra the trope of the loved one being like, it's me. And then they're like, huh? And then they get shot. Mm -hmm. Bleh. Bleh. But if you're going to stick to the, the idea that they black out and there is no, there's no part of their mm -hmm. personality left. It's just pure chaos. They just go and eat. Right. And not eat all the time. Um, Sounds like a pretty good life, honestly. Yeah. Okay. Except when it's people and the ones you love. But I don't know that. I just taste the yummy, yummy flesh. Well, you wake up during the day. And, and then I've got a nice full belly of yummy, yummy flesh. Yummy, yummy Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, that, that got you, didn't it? <laughs> got really real. <laughs> Man, I'm spiking so much. I'm so sorry, Gage. Uh, oh, boy, are you? <laughs> yeah, that's all of my points. Yeah, no, I I maintain that you can't have horror without some visceral level or some numinous level. Numinous? 
There's your big word for the day. Yeah, your, Gage always has words. to define one of yep. Matt's words. I do this for you, Gage. It's for your own edification. It's numinous. Numinous. Uh, CS- Spell it. N-U-M-I-N-O-U-S. This is a spelling bee, sir. Numinous. There you go. Ding. Oh, wait. That's when you get it wrong, isn't it? I don't know. It's always never, That's never made sense to me. That they ding the bell when you get it wrong. I don't know. So it's like numinous and human and whatever the word is, numinous. Oh, okay, I got it right. Like it's, it's so anticlimactic. Yeah. Um, anyway. Anyway, uh, C.S. Lewis uses a great example in the introduction to one of his books. I don't remember which one. I only read the introduction, mm-hmm. but I remember this example. Um, he's talking about fear, and there's two kinds of fear. There's if I tell you, hey, uh, there's a tiger right outside that door, you are afraid. You're afraid that you're going to get eaten, mauled by a tiger. Yep. If I tell you, hey, there is a ghost outside that door, you are also afraid, but it's a very different kind of fear. Mm-hmm. It's the the fear of the, the numinous fear, the fear of something that is outside your understanding, outside of your plane of existence. Uh, okay. You need, in any horror archetype or character or movie or book or anything, anything that you want to be horrifying, you have to have an element of fear. Yep. And you have to have something that is i think the visceral really tends to work better which is why there's a lot of good vampire and ghost and zombie movie or not ghost good vampire werewolf zombie media out there not so much good ghost stuff true it doesn't connect the same way i mean i hate paranormal stuff scares the shit out of me but yeah there's yeah there's i mean there's there's good stuff out there with like there's good horror movies and everything, but that yeah. visceral, that visceral level makes it easier. Translates very, you know, having your face bitten off is a, about as basic a fear as it gets. Yeah. That's just, it's how your brain works right there. Yeah. You don't want to get your face bit off unless you're sweaty under the bed covers. <laughs> I think I na- I think, I think I landed on my thesis early on mm-hmm. with, and I think the, the the point is that we have discussed it further. So understanding now, mm-hmm. when I say werewolves are scary as shit because of the fear of them and the fear of becoming them now has a ton of implications. Got backstory. Yeah, backstory. You understand why mm-hmm. there's a fear of becoming them because there's there there's a fear. There's both a fear and a a, a primitive. And, uh, was it a primitive primitive and an erotic appeal to it? Mm-hmm. That you don't want to let loose. Right. And I think this one, you don't want to let loose because of society standards and expectations. And because you don't want to be destructive. Well, but I think if you're destructive, you're like in, in, the, in the sense of the, the, the primitive desire for destruction. It's a primitive desire for destruction of things that are threats to you. Yeah. So when it comes to, like... And things that look tasty. And things that look tasty. And when it comes to killing things that are threats to you, societally, emotionally, physically, mm-hmm. there's an appeal to that. Mm-hmm. As much as society says, hey, maybe don't shoot a whole bunch of people. Society's the structures that stops us from being the werewolves that we all are inside. ba ba da ba <laughs> The more you know. <laughs> glad we cleared that up yeah <laughs> i think i derailed your point i got nothing else okay i've made my giant spiel 
I led you to the to the conclusion that I have already made. Mm-hmm. This was less of a discussion and more of an edu- education, but it's all right. I watched fifteen f- movies. You're gonna tell me about I it. I know what is the one I'm talking about now. Yep. If you have any questions about werewolves, I can answer the question. So, are there penises like dog penises or human penises? Dog penises. Okay. It was covered in a couple movies. <laughs> Lovely. Like I said, if you've got any questions, I've got the answers. Um, I tried. So, yeah, uh, some of the more interesting interpretations. Ginger Snaps is one of the most interesting ones. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's a slow change into a permanent form. Okay. And it and it's a slow change both physically and mentally. Okay. Because it changes the character's personality in a way that it it just it, it plays to the it plays to the to the appeal of becoming them because mm-hmm. the character is just letting loose in is, every sense of the way. Like is the character named Ginger and Ginger snaps. Yes. Good. The main, I was really hoping that that was what that was going to come I think that's what it was. Like the whole time I was just like Ginger snaps because like Ginger's snapping right now. <laughs> um, Lovely. Because they are. Oh, and because she snaps like a like a dog. <laughs> Sure. That's clever. I like that already. And ginger snaps are a food. No, but so the two the two characters are anti-establishment mm-hmm. to the extreme. And like and just an anti-norm. Right. Like anti-sex, anti-guys. Blech. And then as she starts to change, she starts to delve into that like the sexual desire mm-hmm. the the desire to just like let loose and kill other people it's it there's a there's a um a thing with them early on where they have a suicide pact mm-hmm. um it's in the first three minutes um but that changes over time where she's like i like who i'm becoming mm-hmm and 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 that that plays to that fear that that fear and appeal of becoming it um i think with vampires i haven't done my research yet i don't know fully yet but i think vampires plays more to the fear of fear of them and fear of interacting with them but not becoming one Mm -hmm. and but like the desire no sorry uh, i meant the desire of interacting with them Mm -hmm. when werewolves plays more with the desire of becoming them Zombies, you have literally no desire of becoming them. I don't know. That seems kind of attractive. You just all you do is walk and eat. I wish I could do that. That'd be nice. I don't want to walk. Can I crawl? Chop off my legs? Yeah, you can be one of the little crawler guys. Yeah, one of the crawler guys. Those are the guys that always get you in seven days to die. Mm. Those little pieces of shit. Uh, but that one does a really interesting job of playing to that appeal of becoming one. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I could like. She feels, uh, uh, and to, how, uh, path to the dark side is easy. Is it Wolfen? No. Wolf. Wolf. The, the, that one, he, like, once he starts to change, he just feels euphoric. Mm-hmm. He becomes incredibly productive. He becomes a wolf in personality where he's mm-hmm. just like, he's a guy who gets stepped on at work. Mm-hmm. And then he's just like, oh, you know what? I'm going to pull this really sly move and just like pull all of the clients with me and start a new company. Like he becomes a wolf mm-hmm. both physically and sociologically. Is this a wolf of wall street prequel? Maybe. 
Oh, heck yeah. Because it, it, I, I think that, that plays to the appeal of mm-hmm. becoming one. You're like, oh, I can be confident if I'm a werewolf that mm-hmm. can eat people. Yeah. Um. I mean, once you stop trying to control those destructive parts of your nature, you're completely uninhibited. And you're free. Entirely in control of your own destiny. There is freedom. There is something appealing to that. Yeah. The path to the dark side is easy and it's it's dangerous but the the power is strong Mm -hmm. but the light side is stronger stronger the light side is that's not the line it's a question answer stronger i am yoda and i have a (laughs) british accent now (laughs) i'm british yoda (laughs) that's my that's my episode okay werewolf my werewolf werewolf's is scary y'all We've, Worlds are scary because it. we kind of want to be them. Yep. Cool. Joust me? We shoust. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Preston talk about werewolves. They're supposed to do something different with the intro or the outro sequence now. but Oh, they... yeah. Well, we do the audio outro. Right. And that's kind of the whole normal thing. Um, so you do your thing. We'll yeah. Cover the video outro later. Yep. Uh, next week, come back. We're doing zombies. I'm talking zombies. Uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna talk about all about zombies. Mostly, I'm gonna talk about zombies. Preston's gonna listen. Preston's gonna answer my completely unexpected trivia questions. I feel like I'm really setting this up. I have to actually do it now, but I kind of <laughs> I kind of don't want to. No backing out now. Nah, we'll get another trivia episode at some point. Those are fun. Uh, yeah, you can find this podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, iHeartRadio, and anywhere fine podcasts are sold. Except we're not even for sale. We're for free because we're werewolves we have eliminated our inhibitions and are now in that you store euphoric How did we go that entire discussion and not say the word inhibitions i'm pretty sure i said it there in the did like you? the last minute there right. gauge roll back the tape no don't <laughs> uh maybe i said uninhibited that might have been it we're also on facebook where we face the books Preston, literally, he's facing the Dracula book. And also me, I'm facing the World War Z book. It's quite entertaining. It's got its flaws, but it's it's entertaining. Dracula's great. There's a reason it's withstood the test of time. Genuine classic. <laughs> uh, we're on Twitter, at Just Us Losers Pod, where we Twitter mightily. Not us, though, our social media team. We have one of those now. It's very exciting. We I love a, it. So we have a marketing team. <laughs> this is great, yeah. Uh, we're on Instagram. That's where most of the real good stuff happens for some reason. Uh, that's also at Justice Losers Pod, I believe. I'm still not entirely clear on how Instagram actually works. Someone will tell me one of these days, and I won't pay attention, and I'll keep asking the question. We also have Gmail, uh, where time's kind of starting to run out on this, but if you have recommendations of zombie and or vampire and or slasher media in that particular order, uh, you should let us know, because then we can we can check those out. Um, that's going to be our October lineup. We've got zombies coming next week. I'm going to be hot seating that one. Preston's going to do some vampires. They're going to sparkle and it's going to be very sexy. No, it's going to be good. You're going to love it. No. Uh, and then we're going to cap things off with some slasher talk, which I feel like we talked about a little bit on our Halloween episodes, maybe two years ago at this point, but that's okay. We can kind of reiterate some of those points. How or why? I feel like I did. That's why I really liked that episode. Uh, well, do it again. I will, but it'll be better. Probably won't. That's okay. Uh, do we exist anywhere else? We check. Have a Patreon. We have a YouTube. Oh. Yeah, check us out on YouTube. You can see like the 
we're doing like the little 15 minute videos of our um just our discussions which is cool you can send those to your friends and then if they like it you can send them off to our whole episodes and if they hate it then they are your enemies and you can send them off to the full episodes to punish them and yeah also a patreon we have we have patreon be getting more benefits as we progress yes there will be things on there it'll be worth your money for once eventually eventually not right now don't give us anything but give us money but give us money you give us money you get higher quality stuff eventually trust us okay uh that's probably everything i'm supposed to have said right yep okay thanks for listening bye bye bye